views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air, yeah. and the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the truth. It's a dangerous Sorry. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem? Tell me Sorry. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who's on this town tonight. Hey, welcome to the Formula Sports Talk. We are live on a Tuesday morning. Appreciate that. We got a like going on real quickly. Alex just walking in. He was outside smoking weed. I mean, listen to Molly Sartre. I mean, doing his notes. He was doing something. Uh, we got Cindy Liska. We got Deborah Debris. She is online on a phone call. Deborah, welcome to the remote. You're on location. You're on location. Well, we still have a full house. Everyone's here. Deborah's on a remote. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Real quick, I don't know if you guys heard the story. I just got the information myself about uh, Cindy, you you might have you was with me. The the hockey stuff. Yeah, I know it's hockey stuff, and you're gonna actually talk about it first. You can get it out of the way. Nice. Um, Duncan Keith. Duncan Keith. Uh, Vancouver? from the Blackhawks. Oh, Blackhawks. Um, apparently was giving was a, a reporter, yeah, sexist. a female reporter at the Vancouver Canucks. I think she made a call. So she was a reporter. Obviously, I mean, if you can report on something, you have to know a little bit more about it. I yeah. think if it's anybody in Canada knows something about hockey. That's kind of, I don't know. They grow up playing hockey. I'm like, from the time you're born, you skate. So Well, well the comment was that... She, she missed a call. She, that the ref missed a call. The ref missed a call, and she called them on it. And then the announcer, the broadcaster said, what do you want to do, have a female uh, referee now? It's kind of like basketball. Uh, I don't think we have one. In, I don't think we... Do we have one in football? No. no, I don't think we have one in football. Um, so it's basketball, and I think if you can do the job, the job is yours. If you're efficient with it, you can do the job. Then you, sh- what's the wrong with being in, knowing the game, knowing the sport, knowing the rules, and being a female hockey referee? I don't, I don't think there's a problem with it. I mean, I know there's a different culture there than there is here, uh, and it hasn't happened yet. I mean, when uh, I think her last name is Palmer, that a referee in the NBA, when she started, it was a, it was a huge upheaval. But if you have guys, Haywood Workman is a, a former NBA player who's a referee now. So if if you can stay within the family that way, I, I don't see there's any reason why jumping outside the box and having a woman referee. I mean, it's well, it, it's it's all about a rule book. It doesn't matter what you look uh, like or what your gender is. Except for that wasn't the. I mean, it wasn't the issue that. It was just the, the issue, issue that she was. She just made a comment. She just made a comment saying um, it looked like that maybe there was a penalty that went undetected, and um, Duncan Keith was got all offended and said, "Well, maybe you should be a referee now." Um, <laughs> like it wasn't like she so should the issue was officially. More with him. The issue was with him and his attitude, saying, so "Oh, well, you think you think you're 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 a male, female, a male. You think you know what you're talking about so good, you're going to call, start calling plays now? Shouldn't you just be asking the questions?" I like to think those days what, are over with. I thought, you know what, I think it was a stupid reporter issue. I think it was an issue that he he had with her being right, and they didn't see it. But there's a lot of calls that go undetected. I think it was just that situation, probably the heat of the moment, uh, that he just made a comment, and she just happened to be a female. It should have stopped right after the comment, but I guess they kept going back and forth with it. He's like, maybe you should be the first female referee. You probably can't even play, but you think you know the game like so well. Well, in football... That's what he said. 
he said. Um, so the problem so you was can't with play, him. You probably can't play either, but you're thinking that the game, like you're thinking the game, like you know it. Okay, I see. Yeah. Well, so that to me, the problem was with him. Sounds like he was frustrated with what happened and took it out. She asked asked a stupid question, and he took it. He kind of ran and with it. There are so many stupid questions asked by reporters because they have to ask. I mean, so how did you feel after losing the Super Bowl? I felt amazing. Some of those, I mean, uh, doesn't, some of those reporters are forced to ask a certain question. They are, they are idiotic at times. And you, you don't understand, like, to be a reporter, you, I mean, I, there's something I'm going to think about asking a professional guy after an event or before an event that's just going to be, it's not going to be something I can ask myself. I, I, I want to get, the, I want to ask the question that only he or those in that sport arena can answer. Can answer it in a different way, probably, if I ask somebody in baseball and basketball, football, track, whatever the sport is, the same question, they're going to give me an answer that's similar. But I can't get that from anybody else just walking the street mm-hmm. because they're not in it. And if I'm a reporter, those are the kind of questions I want to ask. Some of these reporters uh, go to editors. They get their reports edited if they're writers. So they have to ask certain questions. How would idiotic they are well and i guess i'm reading it again it doesn't look like it looked like a totally legitimate question it looked like a she said it looked like a, a penalty went undetected so it was just him getting kind of yeah i mean in the grand scheme of, of things yeah you, know, you don't well, want to be don't. you don't want to be asked that crap right when you get off where right you get off the ice i mean it like I, this happens all the time with people they get snippy with reporters it's usually coaches who who have to talk about their team? How they usually how they lose? In the grand scheme of things, this is a non-issue. Like Danica Patrick uh, getting the poll at Daytona. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's going to be for like two seconds, and then nobody's going to talk about it again. It's true. I and I, t- Deborah made a uh, comment. I agree. Everything doesn't have to be an issue. Don't take if it's a comment just made, or if it's directly to someone. That's one thing. But if it's a comment made, don't make it a gender or a, a race and, issue. And, th- and this also shows how. Uh, inconsequential. A lot of times, hockey is in the United States because this is what is making the story, and not and not the playoff push. At the, I mean, we have the um, the Coyotes that that are pretty much mathematically um, uh, out of the playoffs, and like this is this is what it's supposed to be talking about is the playoffs, not this minuscule thing that happens that that will be washed over the next day. And right. just because she was a woman reporter, now reporters that there was some potential issue, so we've got lines of idiotic stuff going on. Are you guys watching any uh, NBA finals? I mean, playoffs. I am. Mm-hmm. You are. Yeah, oh, you yeah. are. I don't know why you're watching, but uh, I can understand why somebody else would watch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I'm just watching what, what, the what, tweets. What, yeah, yeah, tweets. I'm and, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm watching tweets, too. I'm not. What's tweets? What's that? A I'm movie kidding. or something? <laughs> talking about Kobe. Twitter? Oh, 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 yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, a whole other, that's a whole other topic. We I know. I, I'm on Twitter, but I really don't go hard as I should on Twitter. I'm going to start one I day. don't even watch Twitter. Yeah. Huh? Twitter, I watch Twitter on if I'm watching a sports show. Mm-hmm. They, they tweet across the um, bottom of the screen, and it's, it's interesting stuff, and it's interesting to see who does do a lot of the Twitter tweeting, you guys say? Tweet. Tweeting. Tweet. And but, it brings well, a lot of stuff to, like, I don't usually watch, but, like, it'll bring stuff come through it comes to the feed so it brings something to your attention so then you can go on and check it out further if you it's want so, more it's so, I mean, and a lot it's of so stuff microwave it's so right now yeah i mean a lot of stuff is broken we talked about this last week like a lot of, like i follow adam Schefter because if you ever want to know anything having to do with the nfl he's going to tweet it first and then report it i mean it's like and that's what it seems like there's, there's yeah. this whole upheaval about the nfl draft how they're going to have to have a gag All order right. with these guys because before draft picks come out, normally they're tweeted, this person's going to be taking this. Yeah, but it's going to ruin, in quote unquote, ruin the ratings for the, for the baby of the NFL. Yeah. Who cares? Which is ridiculous, but it's the NFL. 
It's an O-Fun League. You know that. Right. But, I mean, yeah, it, but you know, and, that's, and I get back and we'll get back real quickly. That's why Ocho Cinco got fired so much. And I, I will continue to believe that and say that as long as the NFL keeps showing things like this, a gag order before something comes out that they want to they want to benefit first off it mm-hmm. before anyone that's else. how they've made their name up to this point yeah. right but what's been interesting about the playoffs so far i mean i think the uh, series between brooklyn and and uh, chicago no derrick rose derrick rose on the bench which is good i mean we can make all the comments we want about derrick rose being there or not being there um and that's in the arena or on the court but i think that's a good series because brooklyn i, I thought had the better team Chicago, I know, sustain everything they do on defense, and they win football. They keep they keep themselves in basketball games, so they have a chance in it a lot of a lot of games. That's the same team without Derrick Rose that beat the, in my opinion, the best team in the NBA, Miami Heat. They are right now one one in the series, and you're talking about uh, Joakim Noah playing on one leg, one mm-hmm. foot, yep. and, and and playing like it matters, playing like it's the last game of his career, not the season. Yeah, this is a. Uh, I'm probably gonna get smacked over the head for this one too, but I think that Joakim Noah was one of the best draft picks that Chicago Bulls have ever made. It was a top ten pick. I think it was nine, either seven or nine, uh, might have been eight. But everybody questioned it coming out of college because he had no real skill. Well, he went to Florida, right? Yeah. yeah, he had no real skill. He came back, won a national championship after winning one. You know, which is which is uh, lost in the fray in uh, college basketball nowadays. But he came back, he learned how to play basketball for another year, and now he probably has the most heart out of anybody in the NBA because it's compensating for his lack of really polished skill. He's a great rebounder, he's a great teammate, he's a great hustler, he runs the court better than any big man in the NBA, and he's playing on uh, plantar fasciitis foot when you see Derrick Rose sitting over there in a $10,000 suit. That's supposed to be the breadwinner. That suit's probably eight, seven, eight. That's not okay, ten thousand okay. suit. I, I made an even number. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it, it's just it just shows it just shows how much the NBA covets shows how much the NBA covets talent because Derrick Rose should be on the court if he's cleared. He was cleared to play a month ago. You know what? But they, but they don't want to risk their breadwinner getting hurt. Let me comment so, to that because that's 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 a good. You make a good point. Yeah, he should be on the he should be on the floor. But we can't look at guys like Adrian Peterson and say, oh, what America, there's two different sports. Although, Adrian Peterson come back, it could be similar to basketball. It's planting and cutting, it's burst real quick, stop and go real quick, jumping out of the gym. Same thing they do in football. I don't want to put one guy's body towards another guy and say you had the same injury, so the surgery and the recovery should be the same because you look at a lot of guys. There's, there's some guys that, and you got to understand how organizations work, too, sports organizations. They'll rush you back just to get you back because it's more about winning. It's more about how much I can sell off you being on the court. I'm one of those guys I, I like to see Derrick Rose on the court. But I can't. I don't have Derrick Rose. I'm not in his mental. And it could be a mental thing because physically it's been past time. He's been clear, but I don't put a lot of stock in a doctor clearing me for anything. I went to and that's do, the difference in sport. I, I went to get a, a line of duty. And I didn't. I didn't know if I had any concussions until I got there. So the crazy part about it is I don't. I don't trust doctors anyway, especially when they're affiliated with a team that has that has control of somewhat of the control of what I do. And if I can control anything about being on and off the court, then I guess that's what Derrick Rose is doing. Because there has been guys just rush back and immediately re-injure that same uh, part of sure. their body. Absolutely. I mean, look at RG three in that in that. Uh in that football game where he yeah. hurt himself early, and but it, it's different in football and basketball because basketball is guaranteed contract. So, you know, you don't necessarily have to rush people back, especially if he's what twenty two years old. I mean, he's he's the, he's gonna be the face of the franchise for for years and years to come. 
So I understand why they're trying to keep him out. There's also the mental part of it, not just him, but the mental part of those guys is watching him. Like we we watch you in warmups, you look real, you look like Derrick Rose in warmups. But then why you can't come out here yeah. and distribute the ball and even? And I make the comment on the show often that you know Larry Sinners, the guy who the Cardinals should have never got rid of, if whether he made a play or not, him being on the field commands respect and attention from someone else so other guys are allowed to be successful sure and i think Derek rose that guy but the series is is mental in a lot of ways him maybe with him not so much physical mental with the players if i see a guy because i know how hard i work if i'm busting my butt on the field and you've had 10 12 months of recovery of, of the injury and then the recovery part of it I'm I'm wondering why you're not on it. Yeah, I mean the the whole other thing that comes into play as well is just the camar- this, the fluidity of the team not playing with him for the whole year, 80 plus games now, and I mean having him come back on the on the court could be could be a monkey wrench to the whole fluidity of the team. So that could that could add into it as well. Well, let's let's take a break and we get real back. We get back to that real quick and we will get out of it and talk about some more things like the NFL draft. Uh, we'll get into a. Uh, you got some baseball, Cindy? Um, a little bit, yeah. Sports talk a little bit. We'll be back in a minute. Love and happiness But wait a minute Something's going wrong Someone's on the phone Three o'clock in the morning Your internet flagship station for sports Voice America Sports The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome back to the Corner Last Sports Talk. This is uh, Alex looking at me like I'm crazy. It's very superstitious. <laughs> um, well, we we back. Uh, Deborah was saying she's not going to be on the show next week, so you guys got to go to the uh, the uh, website. You'll clear stuff. Definitely has something else. <laughs> I, I never finished my. Yeah, let's not finish the website I, I, either. You're clear as hell. I, I never finished my because I got so my brain works so fast that it doesn't work right. Mm. I'm, I'm I'm like a this week. I, I'm well today. I'm gonna make up one by noon to noon to carry me on over to tomorrow. <clears throat> I'm gonna need a cheat sheet. But uh, where are you going, Deborah? And to do we in your business so. I won't even see daylight most of the time. I'm going to be in conference rooms and all that kind of stuff, but it's all right. It's a change of scenery. 
this is a this is a business yourclearedge.com business or absolutely okay. yeah it's between yourclearedge.com and uh, Deborah Debris which is my speaking uh, oh public you know, going out and speaking as well as coaching and such uh, promoting my new book okay I need you know what nope Who you don't writing? do it I'm writing a book no nope. I got a book nope. in my nope. head my, nope. my aunt told me years ago <laughs> write a book and it was a uh, and I was probably in college should be called make your money yeah damn right make your money and and put the finger up. Okay, because bestseller, <laughs> bestseller. You can make anything a bestseller. Is how you market things, man. I'm telling you. Oh, you can buy a bestseller. That's you, you can buy your way into that. Yeah, thank you. You can. Oh, like, big time. Like yeah. I think Paris Hilton's book wasn't a bestseller. She she probably bought. <laughs> she bought. All it wasn't of, a bestseller. You can buy, like Deborah said, you can buy your way into that stuff. You like like albums that go platinum. Oh, yeah. Now. You can buy your yeah, way into that stuff. Yeah, you can buy a book in about thirty five, forty thousand. You can get a bestseller. I'm a bestseller right there. I put. I bought it myself, my own money. I'm a bestseller. So now I get to go around and talk like I'm. I know what I'm talking about. There now you, you go. got. Now you got to pay me, so I'm gonna get that money back because I'm a bestseller author. Hey, you can make more money selling it from the back of the room than you can, you can. selling it because uh, they'll t- you know a, a good uh, editor or, or uh, publishing company takes your book. You may not even have it for a year, and they want you to go out and promote it anyway. And then you get pennies on the dollar. So that's why uh, you better sell it out of the trunk of your so car. Popular. Sell it out of the trunk of your car. How you think? Uh, let's get back into sports. But how you think? Um, what's his? What, uh, what's that guy named? Sold a million dollars. Made a million on on internet. Uh, black and gold. Black and gold. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't about. know what you're oh, talking about either. Well, if I was talking hard rock and metal, you guys would know. Black hey, and yellow, black you? and yellow, black uh-huh. and yellow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where, where's Khalifa? Bulls 90, the Nets 82. How did the Bulls beat that team? It was defense alone. You keep a team at 82 You, you go in the NBA, a lot of times you're going to win those games. Yeah, Tom Thibodeau is really uh, cementing himself as the one, of the, yeah, one, of the best, one of the best coaches in the NBA who hasn't won anything. Uh, there's really only three or four upper echelon coaches that are still coaching in the NBA that have championships, but he's one more. He's, than he's moving think. up there. Respect. Yeah, he's moving up there. I would love to uh, if I was a you know in that arena to play for a team that a coach is strictly defense. Because if I can keep you from scoring, I got a chance to win. Yeah, but you also have to be progressive. Like uh, Greg Popovich used to be that way, and then he turned the switch on the offense. Yeah, and it kind of caught everybody off guard. What about the past uh, couple years? D'Antonio was a defensive guy. Yeah, no, he's not. No, he, was he? I thought he was Mike a D'Antoni. Guy. Yeah, no. Seven seconds or less. That's yeah. That's strictly yeah. That's strictly offense. Uh, and that's that's interesting that you talk about that because uh, why? P, uh, Greg Popovich is just outcoached uh, D'Antoni. He's uh, outcoached a lot of people. Yeah, he has. But it, it's interesting now in the playoffs. You can be a great and they were, he was a piss poor regular season coach. But you can be a great regular season coach and have this upper echelon coach just now coach you in the playoffs. And uh, Popovich definitely did that in game one. What do you think about the? Uh, I think the, that's an interesting ster- series. I thought Memphis and L.A. was going to be one because Memphis is a defensive team that can score. Chicago's a defensive team that has score, but their scorers on the bench. These guys are just blue collar workers going at it and putting points on the board and stopping you from scoring. Um, Golden State and uh, L.A. Clippers, I thought would be good. Memphis, yeah, I, I, th- I mean it. A series doesn't I mean, start. Golden State, Golden State, Golden State, State and Denver. Denver. That's the one yeah. I thought. Golden State and Denver, I thought would be good. Well, David Lee's hip just ripped apart, so he's out for the rest of the playoffs. He's one of their best low post scorers, mm-hmm. so that'll be interesting. I mean, the the Nuggets lost to Nilo Gallinari before the playoffs, so uh, it'll be interesting to see if the up and down, if the up and down tempo uh, has come yield down to a couple play? wins for. Oh, it has to. Guard play it has yeah. to. I thought it would come yeah. down to guard and, play and, and the hustle down series. low. I mean, Kenneth Reed's huge. Kenneth Reed's huge down low, even though he's hobbled. 
yeah. So I, I, I like I like the Bulls to come out of the series in against the Nets only because they they went in went on the road and um, tied the series up. They they go back home. They got to pull a two off at home. Uh, then it could be easily a wrap. I know you could be three one. There's teams that's done that, but not as many. But when you three one, you got room to heal up and get ready for you. There's another energy to finish the series, so you can rest up some of your guys. Uh, Golden State, Denver. I think Denver's going to come out of that yeah, one. Yeah, no, definitely because Javon Lee's got hurt. I'm not counting Memphis out in the Clippers uh, series, even though they're down 0-2. I'm not going to count them out. If they can go home and finish that off, then we have a new series. Yeah, series doesn't start until a team loses on the a team loses at home. I just and, and like only the Clippers been, are in it and the Lakers aren't. Yeah, the Lakers are in it. They they eight oh one Spurs, right? Yeah. So let let's talk about that for a second. No, let's talk about that. No, can okay. we? So, this, uh, so if, this so is Clancy's corner. Okay, right? okay. I'm gonna I'll do two quick things. This is gonna be rhetorical. It's gonna be a question that you can answer after I'm done. It's not rhetorical. Uh, if the Clippers win a series and the Lakers go out in the first round, Clippers lose in the second round. Is it really that big of a deal? I don't think so. Number what, two, the, the, mo- the more important thing that I want to talk about is Kobe Bryant tweeting from his couch when, when his team is in San Antonio, obviously undermanned and uh, tired from the regular season. All the starters played a lot of minutes. They've all been hobbled throughout the year. If you are the leader of this team, quote-unquote, it's cowardice to be to be tweeting things that you should be telling guys right when you're sitting next to him on the bench. And he did three or four of them that I'm sure he says to people in front of their face, and that that's what motivation is. These guys don't see these tweets in the middle of the game. Are you bashing Kobe? Yeah. Okay. Are you kidding me? Like yeah, you? Of course. Really? I thought he was a Kobe. I'm not. Well, I know, oh, me too. Well, well, here's the thing. If you're a real fan, you can see all sides of everything, as opposed to just being like a Chicago Bulls fan who just says, oh, no, 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 I want to win, I want to win. A Knicks fan, people that think that they don't see the whole grand scheme of things, our team isn't as good as that team. So the chances of us winning are less than if our team was better. And I'm on, I'm on that side with the Lakers now because they lost Kobe. I'm saying this is the best setup for them to beat one team in the first round of the playoffs out of, out of all the other six or all the other seven besides uh, the Spurs. But I, I still don't. I still think they're undermanned, and the, and the chance of them winning the series is slim. But it's still slim and not none compared to them having to play the other teams. Why is he even on his couch? Should well, he you, be um, in San that, Antonio? That's exactly what I just said. I, yes. I don't. I don't. I, I absolutely don't think he should that. be in San Antonio. I, if with he's going to be at home, I, I don't. He just had his surgery. If you if you're not with the team, Take you shouldn't be tweeting. You shouldn't be um, tweeting. Uh, what's his? What's his? Where? What's? I'm still baffled that we talking just about got Kobe and he's just put back in his leg, and he was with his team. Who? The kid from Louisville. The kid Kevin from Ware. Louisville was got his shin put back in his leg and was with his team. Why can't Kobe be with his? Uh, Kobe, I, I, Kobe could have found. Yeah, I I agree. Kobe could have found well, some he, he way. He could have taken a spaceship over there. He has more money than more money than anybody. He could he find could've. a way over there. He, he could have no, found a way to get there. To, to San Antonio. Yes. He should have found a way to get there. If he, he doesn't, no get to, I'm not. I'm not saying somebody's right and somebody's wrong. I'm definitely not wrong, but I'm not saying you guys. <laughs> You guys are not wrong in what you're saying. I'm just saying if he's not, because I agree with you with the halftime tweeting and all that nonsense. If you're not with the team, don't tweet until after the game. And not even that. Make sure you talk. To, call the guy. You got all of them on speed dial. Call the guy. Say I noticed this and this is some stuff we talked about. Have fun in your playoff game. 
have fun, but remember to do some the little things. It's undermining the guys in the suits. Yeah, honestly. I understand that. And understand that's not – if he does that on his own time when he's wearing a jersey, that's fine. But you best believe that when, when Game 3 comes out on Friday in L.A., he's going to come out with Star Spangled Banner, everybody giving him a standing ovation. So it's not fair to take the focus away from your team if you're not there on the road. Absolutely. With, with Absolutely. I don't think anybody so – that's, that, that's all, that's I don't all think, it is. Not that's even Jordan. I don't think anybody should take the focus away from their team. Not even that they – the best guy in the world ever in the history of ever should take the focus from their team. In the history of ever. In the history of ever. That should be the opening wow. line to your book. <laughs> Are we going to include the universe, too? That should be the title, the, the, the history of ever. Well, the world and the universe. There's, there's, different, uh, there's, <laughs> like, there's different universes, so I don't know which one you want to like be a That's like signing a college be, contract I'm as a football player. Because they, don't they keep you until, until forever and ever? Speaking of college... Um, let me get off this. No, Wait, sorry, before we go away from basketball, okay, go too, I got another basketball question for you guys. I know. Go figure. I don't. Hurry up. I, I get some coffee. Well, the Suns, the Suns fired blanks. Ah, ha, ha. I thought that was funny. But uh, after three why, years. Why is that, why is that funny? Because they fire, fire blanks. They're the, firing uh, the, blanks. Yeah. Anyways. So, um, but then they're talking about replacing him with, like, Grant Hill. Charles Barkley has said he's wanted the, the position. I look at it from a baseball the player, perspective. The player development guy? The GM. Oh. The GM? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I look at, at it from a... F- it, and that's what I, my question to you guys is. From a baseball perspective, someone in the front office like that, yeah, they need to have a background somewhat, but it's a business. So they're talking about pulling Grant Hill directly off the court into the front office, into this GM position. Yeah. You Does, talk about I don't think that they're qualified to go from the court to a GM but position. But this isn't, this this isn't baseball. It, it, First of all, this isn't baseball. Well, and that's my well, question and, to you guys. Baseball is more agents go to from being an agent to the front and office. And players go to managers yeah. and coaches. And they work their way through. They go from scouting. They, they work their way up the ranks. They just don't pull off the field into the I GM position. I think if you take a guy who's been in – I think you take a CEO, a big corporate business – you can do a guy like that. Who's he? Could even be a, or she could be even be a huge a fanatic, the huge fanatic of that sport. But that person knows business because it comes down to business. But you can't be strictly business because you get into the point where how much does this guy means in the locker room? How well does he or she gets his, his or her team to play ball on the court? And we talked about this with, um, you know, uh, Larry Sinners, one of the guys. We talked about this with um, Kobe being one of those guys. Do I say, okay, Kobe, you're old right now. You got we, we, We're not restructuring your deal. We're just going to get rid of you. We know you got two more years, just not with the Lakers. But Kobe get four other guys around him to play at a high level as opposed to bringing somebody in or bringing that Dwight Howard. He can't do that. As far as, as to me, well, when... That's the thing. Any that's good a business coach. person is going to look you know, at the books and they're going to look at you know, the strategy and the business aspect of it, but they're also going to look at and at least have great advisors. If they don't understand the business themselves, they're going to have great advisors to let them know about the people that are involved because of the, it's the people that make things work, whether it's the people in the office or the people on the court um, or the guy coaching, you know, guys coaching the team. You know, you've got to look at the, uh, you know, all aspects of it before you can make a really good decision. You can't make decisions just from the numbers on a piece of paper. Here's the thing. So the whole big problem with the Suns in recent history, even when Steve Nash was here, was player personnel. That it couldn't get people in. They couldn't structure correct deals to get enough good players around Steve Nash. And now they need to start all over. So you need to be able to have a guy as a GM that knows talent, that knows how to make a cohesive unit out of the, the salary cap at hand. And Arthur Blanks, he just, he just wasn't that guy. 
He wasn't that guy. He he didn't even know about all the player personnel moves right away. So you need somebody that knows basketball. And to answer your question initially, they they tried this with Steve Kerr and it blew up in their face. He left before he knew it was going to get bad because he made moves. And then he's like, oh, wait, that was a move that I would have made so, on the court, somebody I wanted on my team. But it's when it comes into salary cap, when it comes into <laughs> player share, when it comes into things like that, a player – and we take – the Lakers have used Jerry West, Mitch Kupchak. What about Danny Ainge in, in Boston? He did – you know, it's, it's – he, he, he haven't done a bad job with the Boston. They end up getting the championship. One it. trade. One trade made everything. And I think a lot of those moves, the precursor moves to that, made that happen with, with uh, Ray Allen and, Ray Allen and, uh, and uh, um, one full trade. Okay. Ray Allen and KG. Made that happen. They they had one run. They made a championship. They they won. Uh, they went to another. Uh, they went to another NBA championship and didn't win. But you need a guy that knows business, yes, but that knows player personnel, especially in Phoenix, because Phoenix fans are so fickle that if you put there's good no players Phoenix, on Phoenix, there's no real legitimate fans here. If but if you put good players on the court, people will flock. You don't have to have some sort of gimmick from somebody that played with with the Suns with Charles Barkley, who is well, beloved. Here's, here's what which I don't find: like. Charles Barkley is just going to be a face, and it's not going to be successful. And exactly. I, I don't think it'll be successful. He does know players, though. That's all he, he's he, been doing ever since he got out of the he NBA. Know, he was knows players. On, on, that's why I brought TNT. up. That's why I brought up Danny Ainge. He knows players, but I think Danny Ainge was out. He was around the game, but he was out long enough. But he came to GM. He made successful moves. If you can get a team to a championship, now. You also have to be able to keep them together for a while because you just don't go get an all-star team. We were talking about the Lakers earlier this year. <clears throat> we th- we look at the names and look at the guys and say, oh, they, they better win an NBA championship. It takes time. It does take time uh, for them to, j- to jazz together. Now, if it was one guy, I'm like, you better get in where you fit in and, and help this team win. They had three moves, I think, the, the Lakers. So Charles Barkley, in my opinion, Grant Hill, in my opinion, they probably would be good at it, but not right now. Not right they now. need to go. Like you can't pull somebody. I don't think right off the court. I'm getting somebody who's doing who's no, been true. doing that business for a while and have somewhat success because even them. just a little bit of success somewhere, this guy if he didn't or she didn't learn from their mistakes, then they come to the Suns and figure out, figure everything out. Like perfect. Now this guy's a, is a professional at his. And that's job. the thing from a business aspect. If somebody hasn't sat in a conference room or in a business meeting and listened to the politics that go on and has the balls to be able to say no to the people they need to say no to and ask the questions and get real specific on the answers that you're supposed to get from people, then, you know, they're not going to be able to make good good decisions. You know, I agree with Alex. You need to understand the player personnel, and I know that's a little strange too, but you need to understand the player personnel, and if you don't, then you need to have somebody around you that you know and you trust that can give you real information about player personnel so that you can make some joint decisions um, and have the business aspect as well. But it takes a lot of guts to be able to say no to some of the people around you whenever that's the right answer to have. Yeah, and I mean, I think Robert Sarver is a big problem too, uh, the owner. Uh, it's the NBA out of any other professional, major professional sport, you have to build through the draft. It's not as much of a crapshoot as the NFL and Major League Baseball. You see enough, you have enough film on certain guys. Basketball is a different sport. There are smaller teams, less players on the court, less kids make it to play college. It's, it, well, even though there's like 300 Division I uh, basketball schools, but you need to play through the draft. You need to draft well, and I think this is the first step. Everybody's creeping out. They only had 25 wins, blah, blah. This is what's supposed to happen. This is what happened with OKC. This is what happened with teams that are bad that are starting to rebuild. I mean, even New Orleans to a certain extent, they're starting to get some good young players, 
and uh, the Suns are going to have the second or third pick overall if the percentages go again, correctly. Again, well, no, but they they were having nine through fourteen, nine through thirteen. There the was past some good few players years. coming out uh, past few years, nine through fourteen, right? And they picked the wrong ones. So <laughs> if you have, it's so big to have this first round pick and pick a good player that you can kind of have as a cornerstone for this new age of the Phoenix Suns because it can't get worse, which is a beautiful thing. Uh, it can't get worse. There's no way that it can get worse. Yes, it is. Let me now. tell you why. There's a second way. No, well, not, not, not in your philosophy. Yes, it is. In your philosophy, it can't get worse. Let me tell you why it can. Because the Suns will be on the same pattern they've been in for the past six, seven years. They'll draft a guy. and Longer than that. I go back to when they drafted Steve Nash. They'll draft a guy, get rid of him, and this guy come back, demands, holds them hostage. Instead of keeping a guy, building some cohesive unit within the team so these guys can play together, get to know each other, and you want to be around somebody that you know what they're thinking. They know what you're thinking. And you make and you make moves on the courts without even – you don't have to draw plays a whole lot of time. When you draw but plays – it takes time. It, it does take time. So the Suns not going – they're not going to be willing to keep a guy. They got rid of um, – who was it? Went to Houston. Dragic. Dragic. Yeah. Went to Houston. Why did not just keep him? Because you knew Steve Nash was leaving anyway. This yeah. is this is how it gets worse. And when they, was, when they, they just fired that GM that did that. Yeah, but they've been doing it since Steve Nash. They've I, been doing it for a while. And that's the owner. There, there, there needs to be a way, and Deborah said it correctly. You need to get a GM that can say no to the owner. Okay. That's how it can get worse is what I'm at saying. Or better. You say no to the owner too many times, it's going to get ready. Right. Or, or now, better. With the if right he owner, wants if to win, say no uh, to him, they you, respect you a lot more no, because you've got enough balls to do it. Right. And then fire me. I would love to be a scout, but I would will, I will have to be the head scout because I'm not going out getting anybody. I'm not telling these guys, you, you got to go out and find me some players. I'm like, you better, if you're a scout under me and, and me under the team, I'm like, I need to know the offense. I need to know the defense. Me personally, I have to know the defense, and I'm going out to get the guys that fit into the what we're doing. I'm not. It's, it's like having a JV team and a varsity team. That JV team is going to run the same plays we run on varsity. So when you come to JV, it's, it's no difference. You run right into the program. It's a factory now. So if I'm having a scout, you have to know what kind of defense we're running, and you go out there and find those players. I don't care where you get them from. Don't keep going to all the Division One schools. These guys are only making a few plays on TV. You never see them. When you, when you don't see them on TV, these guys don't make plays. Yeah. It's, it, it's a guard-heavy draft coming out, from even though, even though there's a lot of young kids coming out, uh, freshmen and whatnot. If the NBA now... If you have a solid backcourt, because this, because the center position has become obsolete, if you have a solid backcourt, you have a scorer as a two and, a, and an able-bodied uh, point guard, Gordon Dragic is that, you can do a lot of good things. If they keep Martian Gortat and they start with the nucleus of a young backcourt, good things can happen. I mean, everybody makes the playoffs in the NBA, it seems like. So all it takes is a couple years for them, to, even if they don't make the playoff next year, they'll get a top-14 pick, and then they can build. All you need to do is build and stay together. And you're right. And you're right about them getting rid of players. You're right about that. But if the GM can keep players around, make people keep people happy, get a solid coach, and it's not Lindsey Hunter, maybe good things can happen in Phoenix. You say not Lindsey Hunter? Not Lindsey Hunter. Why not? No, because he's he was a fill-in. They shouldn't. They never should have got rid of Alvin Gentry. He's a fill-in, but they felt good to fill him in. They felt some a certain way. They needed a change. And Alvin Gentry is going to get another job, and he's going to and he's and he's he's a good coach. Why not Lizzie Hunter? Because 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 let me I say that because I thought the um, Brian Shaw should have got the Lakers job. Me too. Why not Lizzie he Hunter? Should, though? Well, Lizzie Brian Hunter Shaw maybe is, is he is he doing a bad job now? Lizzie Hunter. Well, they won twenty five games, so is he doing a bad job? 
no, you no, know, he's well, not. this is this is the question it's always been: I is see, it the players see, or is it as, the coach? As, as a as me, I, I don't make it personal. I, I can't be personal. It, I'm not saying you are per se. Tell but, Mike uh, Brown. Tell Mike Brown that after five games he got oh, fired from I the Lakers. I, that, that, Kobe might have had something to do with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Allegedly, I don't know. Well, because Jim Buss hired him without any, asking anybody. So, I mean, it's it's all about you just have to have if, a fluidity if, between. If I'm going to hire somebody, I'm giving you the credit card to do what you have to do within the limits. I'm giving you time to build. It's kind of like we go back and we talk a lot about this with the, with the coaching, college coaching. If I'm hiring you as a football coach at uh, the collegiate level, I'm going to give you four years. That third year, I want to see this team moving in the right direction because now I'm giving you time to go out and recruit. Uh, that fourth year is going to be an evaluation. And as long as we understand each other, I'm not saying I'm giving you four years that I can cut you or fire you any time. I'm saying I'm giving you four years. That fourth year is an evaluation. So we're on, on the same page, but I'm giving you a chance to bring in your recruits, your guys uh, from the old regime, the old coach who brought in his guys. Right. Philosophies may be different, so... Yeah, but that's the thing. You always set up. You always set somebody up to succeed by just exactly what you said, Kwame. You set them up by getting really clear on the end result that you, you know, both or the group wants to achieve, and then you give them some leeway to go out and get that done. Because now you have a clear understanding and you have levels of accountability, and then it's all about the timeline. You know, how long do you have in order to make that happen? And at that point, when we're really clear in the beginning as to what the results are that we're looking to achieve, now we can hold you accountable for that end result. Right. If I'm the HPIC, if I'm the head person in charge, I don't know, right. I lost you guys. <laughs> I got if it. I'm the, uh, if I'm that guy, I'm not only telling that coach that, but I'm telling the media, the fans, everybody, be patient or do something else in the next That's four right. years. Because the media put a lot of pressure on organizations, put a lot of pressures on athletic directors, uh, GMs. They put a lot of pressure on these guys and they buy into it. If you read the paper and just believe what a fan thinks because at the end of the day, fans do not pay for the salaries for these guys. Mm-hmm. Well, just, and everybody's looking at it from the outside mm-hmm. in instead of the inside out, so it's easy to make judgments at that point. It's good to have fans in arena because it looks good on TV. Now I can market this. I can market this arena, the reason why we got this arena. These these guys who own arenas and build arenas, they go out and get sponsors just like everybody else. Yep. On the lower scale, you can go, like, on, you go out there and say, Pepsi, do you want to sponsor this team? You have this side of the building. Uh, they go out and get sponsored, so they're not using all their money. But as, as the guy in charge, I'm telling the fans, it's, this is a four-year process, and we'll evaluate it in the fourth year. And in the Suns organization, there isn't a guy in charge. Right. There's right. no face of the right. organization. There haven't been a there's guy. No, there's no leader on the court. There's no anything, because they lost their leader. They lost Steve Nash. Steve they Nash. lost the face of the organization. They lost That's Steve where Nash. going so is, back to the point, they lost putting Steve in with, uh, a Charles Barkley is not necessarily no, a bad he's not, thing. No, because he, he can't suit up. No, 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 but that's different. That, that's, a, that's a false front. I like Charles Barkley, that, but that's I don't, a I'm not looking at the face. Uh, not, Charles knows his hey, – I don't even know if he knows his stuff. I know his, he's entertaining to me. Shaq wanted to be a GM, too. Shaq I mean, it's not – well, neither can – how can Charles Barkley and I, not Shaq? I, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying, saying Barkley particular, but putting a face – I mean, if they got to start somewhere to get a face on the – Yeah, but that doesn't mean just because you have a former NBA great as a GM doesn't mean you're going to bring okay. talent in that way. I can't coach my kids because I played the game and I'm expecting them to be a certain level. Well, they're kids. I can't think that. Charles will get into the Phoenix Suns and say, you got to play like I played. This is a different ball game. Them guys are better than Charles. But in his head, 
this is where I play. Right. And he might but, think these guys are not playing up to the level yeah, that he plays. If you wasn't want, Dan Marley a pretty good face of the game, of the organization yeah, in all him off aspects? Well, that's why Dan Marley he got was the next best in job. Line, he was next in line for that head coaching job, and, and he got screwed. But he got he's the a best good, job yeah, now. Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon University. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he's in a good place. Over there. Yep. Yeah, yep. So, so that'll be great in five years or three years when they're eligible for the NCAA tournament. And, what he, and, and Dan talked about getting guys. He's going to get the right guys that fit his his uh his philosophy. But he would have been a yeah. perfect person for that Colangelo position. were out, you know, watching yeah. these, uh, you know, playoffs and stuff. They were out uh, talking to the powers that be in order to make sure they get Grand Canyon set up the way they need it to be set up to be successful in the future. $283 million builds a lot of buildings, and that's what happened at Grand Canyon. And they built there. You could, you saw this coming five, six years ago. Uh-huh. This, this place was blowing up. Uh, for lack of a better word, <laughs> it was getting bigger and bigger sure. as far as success of the school. Grand Canyon's gonna be one of those teams that we talk about, like Gonzaga or something like that. Maybe uh, yeah. Butler uh, out in Indiana. Uh, it's gonna be one of those type of schools, and I think Dan Marley is speaking of the face. He's the right face for that team because he has the knowledge. Yeah. That's why he was in place for that job with the Suns, and then they yeah, went with but, Lindsey Hunter. Yeah, but he did his time with Phoenix. He hasn't done jack with Grant It's kind of like they, the, uh, they swept and, out. Um, they swept out that coach that had been there for a while. All of his coaching staff, everything. They're like, you know what? We need a ringleader. I don't blame so the they bring Suns in for Dan. doing that. I don't they, blame the Suns for doing no, that. No, I'm talking about Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon had a, a coach, a coaching staff for years, and then they bring in Dan Marley because he, he's a name. So I think that was he's unfair to the coach. He's a talent. He's not just a name. He's a talent. He knows what he's. Uh, but but, but he's, he's got ability. He's unproven. Saying. They could have said he's totally unproven. I don't know if he's. He's unproven. never been a head coach, so he's totally unproven. He could have played in the NBA. I've never this been a defensive college. coordinator. I've never been a defensive coordinator until I was a defensive coordinator. So I don't know. Understand? He's never been a head coach. At what point do you make him a head coach? Yeah, at some point you got to jump maybe, and show up. Yeah, but he he is playing. He coached men, and now he's coaching boys. Boys to men. ABC BBD. He's He um no, but now he's coaching 18, 19, 20 year olds. But the, it, isn't that the guy you want? Heck yeah. With well, some young men, maybe. To, but it, you only have so much time. You have a finite amount of time to cultivate these kids. Okay. The NBA, At Grand Canyon, they go to school for four years. Unless right. you're just one talent. So now you got a guy. You got a chance to mold the guys. You got a chance to mold the basketball program. And now you got some successful guys that want to come to Grand Canyon, who otherwise would go to. Not Dartmouth, but uh, Gonzaga or or Butler schools like that. Those those schools we talk about every year. Or right the kind of ASU. Is that, he gonna, he don't get a lot of ASU guys. Guarantee Maybe. you. What? But he's on. Pre- I, we'll see. We'll see. Well, here's what we do. We we got down and dirty with Deborah and, uh, after the break. We'll come back uh, and get to that. Talk about. Mm, I don't know what down and dirty. Other stuff. Other stuff. Yeah, we do the football. I don't really care about the draft. Revis. We talk about Revis real quick. Why would I supposed to talk? Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. 
We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now some of you might still be in that place. If you're trying to get out, just follow me. You can try and read my lyrics off of this paper before I lay them. But you won't take this thing out these words before I Welcome say back. them. Are you serious? Oh, that, oh no, that's, Steve, a, that's Steve, what I'm talking Steve about. Stevie is different too. But I am eating kind, bro. Uh, thanks to Marjorie. I saw her at, uh, at Patron. Yeah. Are we really? What y'all doing? She's like everywhere. Should I put my Walk fist in. in my mouth and talk Absolutely. to you? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You do whatever you want to do. <laughs> um... Y'all was at Pat Runs uh, walking. Um, I was at Pat. Did you say walking? I ran. You ran. Uh, Heck yeah, I ran. Hey, before we get to Down and Dirty with Deborah, Style Stalkers Fashion Show this Thursday, April twenty fifth at five p.m. thirty five twenty East Brown Road. That is in Mesa, Arizona eight five two one three. Striving to change foster care lives for the better of one or something like that. Um. There'll be a runway. You you want to read? There will it? be a runway. You want to read it? I wrote it. I can read it better than that. Well, learn how to it's all write, good and now. I can read better. <laughs> read it with some passion, right? some enthusiasm. My passion is in golf. Um, it's free. Um, it's a free event, and it's a fashion show, with style stalkers, and reach it's going to be amazing. Uh, Leslie Swan. Mm-hmm. What's her number? I don't have it. I have a number. Um, it's to change. Uh, it's to change foster care lives. So it's a good cause and it's a free event. So um, everything goes to help foster care. Speaking of Leslie Swan, she just texted me while we were on the air. Ah, the major question Tab is walking the show and Junior can't make it on time and he was looking for a replacement to walk with her. Can you, since you guys are family, asking family first? I'm not walking with the uh, Tabitha. Tabitha is crazy. And why, where is Junior? I don't know. Down in Dirty with Deborah. <laughs> And as always, of course, this fits right in with everything we've been talking about today. But I was going to talk about um, beliefs and, uh, you know, the beliefs that we have about ourselves and the beliefs that we have about others are extremely powerful and can change the course of, um, you know, our life in many ways. Um, In the beginning, I had a belief that I was, you know, a high school graduate and, you know, unworthy of anything other than a very small paycheck. And once I changed my belief and my value about myself, then I ended up, you know, catapulting in my career. When I look at the five truths about beliefs, there's five things that are really true. Beliefs are sneaky. Beliefs actually are 
kind of lurking around in the shadows of our mind, and about 92 to 98% of the time, we're not even aware of what we believe. Beliefs are extremely powerful. They are powerful, and they are strong, and they can take some of the strongest and smartest people and have them buckling at their knees and doing really stupid things. Beliefs are not always true. Some beliefs are true in the past, but they're not true now. And then the fifth thing is, true or not, we act or perform or behave according to our beliefs. So if we look at some of the things we talked about this morning, we talked about um, uh, doctors and uh, Derek Rose and, you know, things around injuries and that type of thing. Well, you can believe in the doctor or you can believe in yourself. Now, there's certain things that you can believe about a doctor's, you know, if he says you've got a broken leg, well, that's probably pretty much true. When they go and talk about the how long is it going to take you to heal that leg, that's that's just the belief that they have based on past experience. I can tell you working with guys that my guys, you know, we set uh, realistic and idealistic expectations, and because the guys change their beliefs in what's possible for them on their recovery, they always meet their ideal expectations. Uh, we talked about, you know, hockey and the reporter well, we could have a belief around, you know, who did what and, you know, is it a female thing? Is it a gender? You know, we can have all sorts of beliefs around it, but the beliefs are ours. They're not necessarily true. We look at uh, Brittany Griner, who just came out. You know, she's, um, you know, le- listening to her and reading some of the things on her. I mean, she talked about she had to deal with being black, being extremely tall, and then we've got the sexual preference. So we've got everybody and their brother, you know, making... Um, thoughts and comments about their beliefs about her and what's really important is the belief she has about herself and I mean she I, I hate to use the word standing tall but she does I mean she she is who she is and she is so grounded in knowing who she is as a person and that belief she has about herself that nobody other nobody else's belief matters Um, So I just want to make sure that people know and understand to, you know, go out there and kind of examine from an observatory standpoint, start to examine what are some of the things that you believe, not only about yourself, but also about others or situations or surrounding, because your beliefs may not be true, and whatever you believe is the way that you're going to act or respond to things. No, I totally agree on that. There are so many uh, variations of the Bible so you can live a certain way or you can believe a certain way. But on a, on a, Deborah, you mentioned it. If my leg's broke and the doctor said your leg's broke, I, okay, I believe that. I can see that. But don't tell me when I'm healed if you're, right. not, if you're not me. If you can't, I know how I felt before my leg was broke, and this has nothing to do with my mental, per se, but I know how I, feel, I, know how I want to feel when I get back to it. And I'm not saying that the injury changed a little bit of what I used to be able to do. But I know how I want to feel when I get back into it. I believe more in me than anybody else. So that's why, that's why I keep a lot of people away from me because I don't, I don't believe in them. Well, I can remember when I was I – and mean, I apologize. If I'm talking over people, I apologize because I can barely hear you guys. Um, but I can remember when I was seven years old, I jumped off the neighbor's porch, first day of summer vacation, broke my arm and caught it went backwards and then came back and caught the nerve in the artery and the doctors had told my parents at the time to start teaching me to be left-handed I broke my right arm and uh, 
my mom at the time, I still remember her telling the doctor, and again, this is back in the day when, you know, you don't argue with people who, especially, you know, doctors or people in authority, and my mom told him that, you know, she was born right-handed, she's going to be right-handed, and it took a year but I have no problems with my right arm whatsoever. And if we had bought in, if she had bought into his belief, I would be left-handed at this point and probably would have an arm that was slightly deformed. I wish I was. Uh, I, try, I wish all my kids were left-handed. I wish I was left-handed. Yeah. But my, was, my brother. Both was. of my kids are left-handed, but and I, I had a golf a golf pro tell because when I first bought Ryan his clubs when he was six, the golf pro said, "No, you got to teach him how to." play right-handed and he can't swing anything I, I take that back I wish I was left-handed I wish I can use my left hand like I did my right ambidextrous ambidextrous because yeah. yeah. your brain works that way on both sides you gotta use both brains right so no so <laughs> we can get all this on your uh, shut up Cindy <laughs> <laughs> you can get all this on your yourclearedge.com <laughs> Deborah give us the phone number uh, uh, 480-212-1909 480-212-1909 all right, yourclears.com, Deborah, Down and Dirty with Deborah. That's always good stuff on the website. I mean, I, I guarantee you that these two bums that are sitting in front of me don't go on the website. I do. Okay, I just want to hear that. I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> I've told Deborah all the time she saves my life. So. No, yeah, you do. You do. You do it out loud, too. It's I do. almost like you owe her now. I, it's true. She, it's true. She's amazing. You guys buy any... Um, any interest? You got to have any interest in the NFL draft coming up? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. No. Why? Me neither. Uh, I'm interested because to see what Arizona does. Cardinals? Yeah. I'm interested to see what Arizona does. You, you just got finished talking about the Suns. What's the difference in those two? Well, here's the thing: is I, I found a great example, a great uh, a correlative between Arizona sports and something else. It's like when you fill out your NCAA tournament bracket. Right before the game starts, it's like, maybe this year will be different. Maybe I won't throw my stuff in the trash after two games played after and be like, oh, moves. crap, you know, it's going to be like every other year. This is the beginning. The NFL draft for the, for the Arizona Cardinals is filling out your bracket. And hopefully they can make a good – they have to draft a lineman first round. Whoever it is, whoever's a top ten lineman, linemen are, linemen are uh, top heavy this year. Quarterbacks are irrelevant. They have a receiving core that they can use, so they don't need to go there. They need to get a solid lineman, and maybe if, if Geno Smith is there, I think they're either 35 or 38, I think they're 38 in the second round, then take him then so you can have a backup. Get, be, there needs to be a pulse back in Cardinals football, and obviously an you offensive lineman's not going to do it, but an offensive lineman can help Carson Palmer maybe become it for now until you cultivate somebody else. I will say that real quickly, Cindy, before you inter- really interrupt me. I will say, because uh, Deborah can't hear me, so she don't know. She <laughs> <laughs> I will say... Um, there needs to be a pulse back. I will agree with you 96% of that on, on that. I'll take it. There needs to be a pulse back in Arizona Cardinals football. I want to sit down and talk to the owners. I want to sit down and talk to Michael Bidwell. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, you're laughing, Cindy, <laughs> but I do because he's missing a generation of fans in Arizona. Absolutely. A generation. You know how long that's, you know, of course you know how long it is, but you know the ramification is going to be when I talk to kids all over the country, all over, definitely in Arizona. I'm asking who they they know who I play for. And most of them know who who I played for throughout my career. Their favorite teams are Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I'm thinking these kids, and they kind of make me mad. I'm like, you live in Arizona, you from Arizona, Green Bay, uh, San Francisco, the teams that's more marketable, uh, if you will. And I'm like, I don't like the way that sounds. This is a generation of kids that at eight years old, ten years old, is thinking. 
10 years later, you still want them to be fans of your team, win, lose, or draw. Absolutely. And, and I think the Card- Arizona Cardinals, regardless, I don't care who they hire as a coach. I don't care what they do, but you have to – you do a lot of public stuff. They do a lot out in the public now. I get Arizona Cardinals that they do a lot of community, out, community work. Absolutely. But you're missing a generation of fans. You not you hire those guys in there to do certain things. They're not getting it done. It's Word. incredible. Word. Go to yourclears.com. Check out Down and Dirty with Deborah. It will be posted up there. Uh, give Deborah a call because we all need some help at some point in time. Clancy Corner, uh, Clan Twitter or something. Find them on Twitter. <laughs> you don't look for me. Just catch me every Tuesday on Wilson Mary Sport Formula Sports Talk with these guys, Cindy Liska. Catch her on Facebook. She's always on Facebook. Twitter. Word. We'll be back next week. They try to leave me dead out on the block, but I'm hurt and I'm not about to turn this thing up and let it knock. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.